Hey, this is Double J, Jeff Jarrett, WWE Hall of Famer, and you're listening to the My One Two Three Cents Podcast. It's my personality to be jittery. It's part of my charm. Wrestling fans, are you ready? It's time for my one, two, three cents of the podcast on the Jittery Monkey Podcasting Network. Give me a hell yeah! Now, here's your host. The man is also a very long, dear, personal friend of mine. Does the guy have a name? Yes, he has a name. Kevin Huntsberger. Woo! The My One Two Three Cents Stride Pro Wrestling Action Figure Drive is underway right now. For five years, we have collected new wrestling action figures and wrestling-related toys to donate to Toys for Tots. Children in five southern Illinois counties will receive these toys on Christmas morning. The deadline to donate is Saturday, December 10th at Hostel Holiday in Carterville. You can also make a donation by reaching out to Kevin Huntsperger via the Stride Pro Wrestling Facebook page or the My One Two Three Cents Facebook page. Thanks for donating and Merry Christmas. Hey friends, welcome to episode 417 of the My 123 Cents podcast. That means that we are just three weeks away now from episode 420. And yeah, I'm going to say it one more time, or two more times at least, probably. Uh, still trying to get Rob Van Dam for episode 420. Uh, you know, I'm going to remain optimistic and see what we can do. But uh, in the meantime, if you know Rob Van Dam, if you tweet Rob Van Dam, maybe that will encourage him to reach back out to me. He likes the tweets that I put out there, but he does not respond. So my hope is that in the next week or two he responds because episode 420 will drop on December 5th. And this week I'll be talking more about the Survivor Series and I'll get to that in just a few minutes. Uh, always have a plan B. You know, I, I, I have got someone lined up for next week. I was hoping to get it done this week. Uh, however, it did not pan out. Um, it, miscommunication on my part. I remember talking with Peyton Ayers, who is the Stride Pro Wrestling Heavyweight Champion. He was on the show a few weeks ago. Um, and I, I can talk about it now. You know, before we weren't talking about it because... You know, there was some, uh, uh, the show hadn't aired yet and they wanted to kind of keep it, uh, I don't want to say a secret, but it needed to stay the way it was. But Peyton Ayers is on the most recent episode of Young Rock. And we're going to talk all about those experiences that he had next week right here on the podcast. Uh, He was uh, unavailable to do it this weekend, but uh, we had to wait until after the show aired before we could do anything with it. So episode 418 will be uh, with Peyton Ayers, the Stride Pro Wrestling Heavyweight Champion, and now uh, a part of the Young Rock TV show on NBC. I can't wait to hear the ins and outs and the story of of how that all came about. So be sure to come back next week and tune in for that. But also, I'm excited to let y'all know that um, there is a new shirt. Finally, finally, it has been months, maybe even a, a year or more. I don't, I don't know when the last 
uh, shirt went for sale on uh, Pro Wrestling Tees. However, there is a new shirt for sale at uh, ProWrestlingTees.com slash My123Cents. It is a Christmas theme. It's nothing, uh, you know, crazy, wild, exciting. Uh, it's a basic Mondo the monkey. He's wearing a Santa hat saying Merry Sentmas uh, with the Stride Pro Wrestling logo on said Santa hat. So just trying to spread a little holiday cheer, as you heard earlier, uh, the spot for the uh, upcoming or the currently active wrestling figure action figure drive. So uh, be sure again to help us out with that if you are able to. Uh, every little bit does certainly help and, and goes a long way. So, um, you know, check out Stride Pro Wrestling on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, of course. Go back and watch some of the old shows, the current shows that we're putting together. Uh, it's an exciting time in Stride Pro Wrestling. And of course, that means we're counting down also to Stridiversary, which will be coming up in March and can't wait to see where we end up with that. That is, uh, you know, the anniversary. It'll be seven years for Stride Pro Wrestling. So thank you to everyone who has supported Stride, whether it is uh, coming out in person and being a part of the shows or supporting via social media, via YouTube, watching, subscribing, and uh, staying connected that way. So it is a big deal. And I'm uh, looking forward to what is next and still continuing to go on with stride pro wrestling um you know in addition to the pro wrestling tea store uh if you check out thighhuggers.com there are christmas thigh huggers that are actually on clearance right now and you can use promo code my one two three cents at checkout um so if you are looking for some christmas thigh huggers there's also all kinds of other cool designs and other things going on he's got a couple of thanksgiving shirts uh, I'm not going to make any promises that ordering them now will get them to you by Thanksgiving, but you can definitely check it out, thighhuggers.com. And again, use promo code MY123CENTS at checkout. Same with the Collar and Elbow brand. They've got all kinds of great wrestling swag, t-shirts, hats, and the such. So uh, again, check it all out. It is uh, great ways to support the MY123CENTS and Stride Pro Wrestling brands throughout the year. And I am going to be a little more active, hopefully, with getting uh, new and better shirt designs created as well. So, uh, again, thank you to those who have supported and, and purchased shirts on Pro Wrestling Tees or if you have shopped at Thigh Huggers or at Collar and Elbow Brand. So, I appreciate that support. <clears throat> this week's show is going to be short and sweet because, as I mentioned, uh, kind of went with Plan B um, and it was a little late for me to activate Plan B without uh, getting a, a, a alternative guest or whatever on to the podcast. And I'm going to talk about Survivor Series. And I've talked about, uh, you know, in the past, I've done, I went back and looked to see at all the podcasts that we had done or that I've done on Survivor Series in the past. And there are quite a few. But there, you know, Chad and I did our Survivor Series teams where we uh, competed against each other. That was two years ago. Um, but this week, I am going to talk just about the event itself, a little bit of the history of it, the nostalgia that I have for it, because I think that for me, as, as I do get older, uh, and I am nearly 50, uh, thinking back to those early years of the Survivor Series and those, those, that boom period, if you will, that golden era 
of, uh, you know, I guess that is referred to as the golden era of WWF as well. Uh, back, you know, from when I started watching in, in early 1983, late in 1982, on until, um, you know, I would say right up until about 1990-ish or so, maybe 91. Um, I feel like, and, and I think Chad and I have talked about it. I don't know if we've talked about it on the podcast or not, but kind of when things turned or changed. And I think there's a lot of things in pop culture. Uh, Chad, I know, has done a podcast on music and kind of the changes it went through in 1991. I think wrestling is kind of similar. Um, and we could probably do a deep dive into all of that. So I'm not going to waste everybody's time talking about that here now, but I do, uh, you know, want to talk about those early days of Survivor Series. And really it was up until about 1991 that I feel like that event was definitely, I kind of went back and forth between that and, and Royal Rumble. I mean, WrestleMania is obviously WrestleMania, but for that secondary show, you know, what was it? Was it Rumble or was it Survivor Series? And I know, listening to some of the other podcasts that I listen to, there are a lot of people that seemingly hate or hated the elimination match set up the style of the Survivor Series. And to me, that was the bread and butter for it. That's what made it unique and stand out and made it so much different from everything else that we were seeing. And, you know, obviously back when it first started in 1987, some 35 years ago now, um, you know, it it was, there wasn't much else to compete with in terms of, uh, you know, trying to stand out and being different. Survivor Series became just the second pay-per-view event for WWF at the time. Uh, of course, uh, we had WrestleMania 1, 2, and 3, and then in the fall of 87, after WrestleMania 3, we get the birth of the Survivor Series, and then shortly after that, we get the very first Royal Rumble, which was not uh, uh, on pay-per-view, but then obviously summer of 88 is the debut of SummerSlam, and then by the January of 1989, we get the Royal Rumble, and our big four are kind of cemented and set into place, but... For me, you know, and maybe it's that sentimental, that nostalgia again of, of Survivor Series being second and, and kind of that feel for it. Um, I loved the concept of the five-on-five five, uh, elimination matches. You know, Vince McMahon's announcing and or, you know, his his bombastic way of, of calling out the teams. And it, it's just great nostalgia. It's a Survivor Series! As the immortal Hulk Hogan and the Earthquake tap into respective teams of the Big Boss Man and Dino Bravo. Joining up with Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Haku, Tugboat, the Barbarian, the Hulkamaniacs versus the Natural Disasters. Team Captains, the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, and the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, join up with Coco Beware and a mystery partner, along with the Anvil, Greg Hammer Valentine, Bret Hart, the Hockey Talk Man, the Dream Team versus the Million Dollar Team. Team Captains Nikolai Volkov and Sergeant Slaughter, join up with Tito Santana, Mara Suko, Bushwhacker Butch, Sato, Bushwhacker Luke and Tanaka, Nipsey Alliance versus the Mercenaries. Jake the Snake Roberts 
and the motto, Rick Martell, captain the respective teams of the Superfly, the Warlord, Marty Gennetti, the Mighty Hercules, Shawn Michaels, Paul Roma, the Vipers versus the Visionaries. World Wrestling Federation Champion, the Ultimate Warrior, and Mr. Perfect, lead team members, Texas Tornado, Crash, along with Animal, Axe, Hawk, Smash, it's the Warriors versus the Perfect Team. It's the Survivor Series! And so, you know, obviously those first uh, couple years, the... Uh, what was it, 87 and 88, it was the teams of five. Um, and, and I liked that they included everyone or just about everyone on the roster. I know that there were some folks that were there in the company but maybe weren't a part of Survivor Series. I, I remember back specifically to that first year. You know, you had Ultimate Warrior had just come in. Ted DiBiase was there. Um, and Junkyard Dog, you know, those were three standouts to me as a kid. You know, I was a teenager, I was a high schooler, a freshman in high school, and I remember thinking, where are these guys? Why aren't they here? But, you know, you look at the teams that we had, and we had the, you know, the Andre the Giant Hulk Hogan main event. You had the Randy Savage and Honky Tonk Man team, and then, uh, of course, the tag team thing, um, and then the women's match. But, you know, again, th- this was a time period where we had these amazing tag teams so you could do uh the big 10 man or 10 team uh elimination and then you know of course is a four card match or a four match card I should say four match card so you only had those four elimination matches and I like that the champions were a part of that and there was no you know it was it was so, again it was something different and maybe it did outrun its course maybe it, it it overstayed its welcome i don't think it ever did i never felt like survivor series became passé or you know and i've heard jim ross on his podcast recently say that it ran its course i disagree you know the royal rumble to me will never run its course because of its uniqueness and i think survivor series could have had that same vibe and i'm excited that this year we're going back to uh, you know, it, it's Survivor Series War Games, and I don't know exactly who all is competing. I don't think they've announced all of the competitors yet, but, you know, I'm excited that it's not, because in the last few years, they've done the Raw versus SmackDown, and then I think one year they did Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. I like that we're not getting Raw versus SmackDown again. Um, to me, Survivor Series always worked better when you had those feuding tag teams or you had those feuding individuals and you could put them on teams with others um, and have them go at it. And I know that they, through the years, did some variations and, and whatnot. And, you know, 87 and 88, we had five-man teams. And then in, in, in after that, moving forward in 89, and I don't know, and I don't have my computer back here with me to read you the Wikipedia page, but, you know, at, at some point we went from the teams of four, and then they went back to the teams of five. Um, but I, I can tell you, you know, like in 91, 91 was really the last year that they did uh, the elimination matches. And in 1990, you know, we were introduced to something new with the ultimate survivors. You know, all the good guys end up on one team and all the bad guys end up on another team. And they, they never really pitched it that way because it was it was interesting it's like okay well how are we going to get to that main event and and have 
the competition. You know, they never came out and said, well, all the good guys are going to end up on one team and all the bad guys are going to end up on another team. And I, I, I guess looking back on it, I never really gave it too much thought to, to how we're going to arrive at this. But uh, I liked that too. I, it was the one and only time that they did that. And of course, Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior become the ultimate survivors, the sole survivors. Uh, their teammate, Tito Santana, uh, they were in a three-on-five situation, I believe it was, or six. Uh, I think it was five others that they competed against. But um, I, I just, again, the concept of the Survivor Series and, and having the eliminations. And I know sometimes, you know, because I've heard, you know, I mentioned Jim Ross, Arn, Arn Anderson, you know, he talked about it and on his show. And, and, you know, he's a bit more disgruntled, I think, with WWE and, and was very critical of the Survivor Series concept and, and talking about it. But I, you know, because I think with all of wrestling, though, a lot of times you have to suspend that that area of belief where, okay, I'm going to just get involved in this and watch it and let it be what it is and not be overly critical and analyze because yeah, obviously why wouldn't the teammates come in and break up a pinfall or stop it? Um, and there were years that, you know, they did some stupid stuff that I did not enjoy, uh, that I questioned or wondered why, you know, for example, in 1990, uh, the Warriors, which was my favorite Survivor Series team of all time, uh, the ultimate warrior, Kerry Von Eric, the Texas Tornado, who at one time was the modern day warrior, uh, and the Road Warriors, the Legion of Doom, Hawk and Animal, wrestled against the perfect team of Mr. Perfect and Demolition. But they eliminated two of the members of Demolition and and both members of the Legion of Doom with a a double disqualification or something along those lines. And it's like, no, this should be all done on an individual basis here. Why are we eliminating everybody at once? Um, And then the same thing happened in 1991 with Rowdy Rowdy Piper's team versus Ric Flair's team. And I think everybody got disqualified or counted out except for Ric Flair, and that's how he survived. And I thought that was really lame for a number of reasons, but, you know, obviously it's Ric Flair. He doesn't have to win that way. Uh, But also, it's like, it's lazy, in my opinion. So I, I can understand where sometimes people would get frustrated or annoyed, but on the other hand, too, you know, when you have so many of those matches set up, it's hard to... Um, keep that momentum going without having, I guess, some schmazes or some awkward finishes. You know, 1991 also was the first year that we saw the championship defended. The first time we ever had a singles match at Survivor Series. It was Hulk Hogan and The Undertaker in the uh, Gravest Challenge. And that was the year that that Hogan lost the WWF championship. And then it set us up for... uh, this Tuesday in Texas, and then the Royal Rumble 1992, where Ric Flair uh, wins it and, and becomes the WWF champion. And it was it was an odd time. Uh, you know, Hogan was kind of on his way out. Flair was on his way in, but it, it felt like everything just kind of got bungled. Um, and, I you know, I, I think it was just timing. It was all a timing issue more than anything. Um, but, I don't, you know keeping on course and and on on what I'm here to talk about which is survivor series you know I feel like yeah it could have been uh, a better event and and we could have seen you know uh, 
better elimination matches. You know, I know that there was some matches that were criticized or whatnot. And then in, in 92, when we moved on, and, and that was really the first year. And I remember that was also the first year uh, in 1992 was the first year that Survivor Series didn't fall on Thanksgiving night. And I understand, uh, you know, back in the day, big nights for wrestling, uh, not so much, I don't think, for WWF, but like we saw a lot with Crockett Promotions, and that's why we saw Starcade happening on Thanksgiving night, but Thanksgiving night and Christmas night were, were big nights in the wrestling business. Um, but you know, I, I certainly understand, you know, maybe not wanting to have, uh, the guys and, and, and women in there in the ring, uh, doing shows on the holidays. I, I certainly don't begrudge that. Uh, but I always looked forward to it, even though I never, it was actually, ironically enough, it wasn't until, Survivor Series 1992 that I ordered it for the first time on pay-per-view. Um, I had had friends that would get, uh, that would order it, um, and record it and, you know, bring the VHS to school then that following Monday. And so then I would finally get to watch, uh, you know, the show, you know, several days later, but, you know, obviously back then there were no spoilers. So, uh, although I do remember in ninth grade when that first Survivor Series happened and, and one kid at our school, Bobby Griffey, came came to school and and we're sitting there at lunch and he's like oh yeah man Andre the Giant's team beat Hulk Hogan's team and I remember just disbelief and not believing him at all and I'm like there's no way that happened there's no way and, and then somebody brought the tape in and of course I watched it and yeah yeah Hulk Hogan's team did in fact lose uh to Andre the Giant's team and so Bobby was right but I you know 1992, I was a freshman in college and, and, um, no, I was a sophomore in college and I had ordered Survivor Series and I remember it was on that Wednesday night beforehand and, uh, had gotten home and was getting ready to spend a Thanksgiving break with the family. And, uh, you know, my mom was cooking Thanksgiving dinner or, you know, not cooking it, but getting it all ready to start cooking then on, on Thursday. Uh, but I remember, uh, watching and you know recording it and then I would have all these VHS tapes of all the shows that I had watched and recorded and then after that I I started recording them pretty regularly uh Survivor Series you know I was making some money working and and was able to order them and 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 do those you know so I was ordering a lot of times the big 4 uh when I was able to but um you know, 92 just felt different. And I think in general, and looking back now, 30 years later, you know, looking back on the whole wrestling scene, it really, you know, 91, 92, it, you can start to see that dip. And I don't know if it's Hulk Hogan and, you know, because for so long Hulk Hogan was such a predominant part and fixture. And then they're trying to do things different, uh, with, with Hulk Hogan's absence um, but you know, 92 really kind of sucked. Uh, the survivor series concept of, of the four on four is gone. Um, I think we had just, uh, one elimination match that year. And, and again, I didn't bring my computer back here with me to look at it, but I, I feel like it was, um, the natural disasters and another team against money Inc and another team. I could be wrong on that, but Anyway, that's that's kind of what I remember from from ninety two, and then ninety three it comes back, and you know the criticism of the the doinks 
of, of Men on a Mission and the Bushwhackers. I liked that. I thought it was fun. Uh, it was a good way to, uh, to do Survivor Series, I thought. Uh, and, and, you know, getting back to the tradition of the four-on-four uh, matches. Uh, and then I don't think it was until, you know, 95 they added the, uh, the wild card matches where they just had faces and heels teaming up. Um, which was different. And again, I think that you try to reinvent and, and, and make things different uh, whenever possible. 96, I remember being a big deal because of the Shawn Michaels um, Sid match. It was from MSG. We got uh, Vader, I'm sorry, we got uh, The Undertaker in Mankind. And then, you know, that was kind of the return of The Undertaker after Paul Bear had turned on him. Or after I guess buried alive, and then uh, the Austin Ro- or Austin um, Bret Hart match, uh, and then the debut of, of Rocky Maivia. So '96 I think was to me kind of a, a turning point for the show, and then '97 of course is the screw job. '98 we go to the Deadly Games uh, heavyweight tournament uh, where The Rock is crowned as the new champion. I remember ordering that and watching it from where I lived in Alabama. Then after that, you know, it, it all kind of becomes uh, a blur, you know, as we get into the new millennium and the 2000s and everything kind of blends together. And, I, you know, I remember watching it. it, would go to Buffalo Wild Wings and watch it, or, you know, we'd order it sometimes. And now, of course, with the network, you can watch it anytime or, you know, watch it from home. But uh, in general, you know, and like I said, when they brought it back as the elimination matches and they did, the Raw versus SmackDown, and, and they weren't even, I guess they weren't doing a bunch of elimination matches. It was it was Team Raw versus Team SmackDown for one match, and then everything else was the champions. I Again, I go back to the days of, of everybody teaming up and, uh, you know, going at it. You know, you always, because you had those feuds, and so you were able to kind of insert them and, and stagger those teams to where it wasn't all of the top faces against the top heels and they would stagger it out, you know, with, with Hogan leading a team, you know, that second year in 88, when it was Hogan and Savage teaming up with Hibbley Jim, Coco Beware and Hercules. I mean, the three really mid to low mid card guys. Um, and then the ultimate warrior and Brutus Beefcake were a team, you know, so uh, it, to me, it just worked. I miss it. And I wish it would come more into that, and I don't know again how they're doing it with uh, with war games, uh, but I'll be curious to see. I'll be watching, and uh, I'm interested to know what you think. What are your thoughts on Survivor Series? Should it go back to the traditional way, or you know, is that a, a, an old you know? And again, I think that if if it stays, it's like you know, to me, it's like Hell in a Cell. You know, Hell in a Cell shouldn't have become a yearly pay per view, and, and Chad and I and, and others have talked about this ad nauseum as well. Um, but it's like the Royal Rumble. You know, if they if they decided in June, hey, tonight on Raw, we're going to have a Royal Rumble match as well. Yeah, that takes away from the luster. And I feel like there were years where they were doing, I know they did the bragging rights uh, pay-per-view, which was like a month or two before Survivor Series. And it was the same kind of concept. Um, and then that one year they did SummerSlam with the, the Nexus against uh, Team WWF. And so, I feel like there were times and situations where they didn't make Survivor Series stand out and be unique. 
anymore because they were doing other elimination matches throughout the year. So I feel like for it to to maintain its authenticity and to remain that kind of uh, fixture, treat it like its own attraction, like the Royal Rumble, like Elimination Chamber. Um, you know, Hell in a Cell, let's go back to the idea of it just popping up when it was needed. Um, but that's my one, two, three cents on the whole Survivor Series. Again, I may be one of the few that still enjoy the elimination concept of it, but I'd be curious to hear what you think. Is it just uh, these uh, people, these fans that didn't grow up in the uh, 80s watching it live and in, in person back then that, that feel this way or are others out there that feel that way? So let me know what you think. Thanks for listening, and we will talk again soon. Have a great week. This is a production of the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. For more jittery shenanigans, go to jitterymonkey.com. Jittery Monkey.